0: Brazilian exports of green coffee fell 26.5% in September compared with the same month a year earlier, to 2.74 million 60 kilograms bags, Exporters Association Seacave reported last week. On the year to date, overall exports are down 4.1%. According to the Council of Coffee Exporters of Brazil, CCAfe billing increased by 0.5%, from $515.4 million to $518.2 million, bolstered by record prices, and up 6% on the previous year. In terms of foreign sales, Arabica Coffee accounts for 80.1%, followed by Robusta, 10.1%, and Soluble Coffee, 9.7%. The constrained supply of available containers was cited as the main contributing cause. The economic situation is quite unique in that normally it is the supply and demand of a commodity that drives prices and influences monetary policy. This time, however, producers who rely on logistics are finding a new part of the equation to consider, the critical long-term capacity of shipping and ports. But if you can get beans loaded into a container, the problems don't stop there. Hundreds of container ships have been sitting off the coast of California waiting their turn to dock and the UK has seen container ships diverted to the Netherlands due to lack of availability at British ports. Will traders continue to buy coffee if it can't be shipped, and ultimately sold? Exports of Robusta fell by a hefty 51% to only 326,045 bags during the same period. The drop in Robusta seems significant but was held up to some extent by Brazil's domestic roasters, who have started to use more of it as the prices of Arabica increased. At Bar Talks, we have also noticed roasters in the UK starting to trial Robusta blends. Bloomberg has regular updates on the crisis, holding interviews with the executives of major shipping companies, such as Maersk, and reported that the situation is going to continue through to next year, causing some companies to rethink their entire strategy. Car companies have reportedly started to reconsider their just-in-time model for parts, moving to a bigger warehousing and storage model, but they are able to dial up manufacturing while the coffee industry has to grow their production. This constrained supply chain also means the price of landed coffee is unlikely to go down in the immediate future. At the height of the Covid pandemic, opening a coffee shop might not sound like a wise business decision. Yet, Blank Street Coffee did just that, and now with 14 micro outlets, raised a whopping $25 million in venture capital from a consortium of venture capital investors. Venture capital is a major funding round after seed or angel investment and is typically made by a venture capital firm that see an opportunity for fast growth and a 10x or more return on investment over 5 years. The funding values the business at $98 million, and the business is already seeking to take advantage of a hungry investor appetite, to do another raise, although details of this are not yet available. Two friends, Vinay Menda and Isam Freha who immigrated to the US to attend college, and co-founded a venture capital company to invest in fast-expanding food businesses in Asia, determined through this research that New York, representing a greenfield opportunity, would be an ideal place to mirror the successful strategies they had observed in Asia. When the founders were students, they chose coffee shops based on quality versus affordability. They wanted to use small footprint stores to save costs while still serving specialty coffee at an affordable price. When asked about their market position, they stated that their coffee is 20-30% to 30% cheaper than Starbucks and roughly the same as Dunkin's. Co-founder Isam Freja said, I grew up in a culture where we mostly drank coffee at home, so it was a revelation to come to NYC, one of the most caffeine-saturated cities on earth, and see coffee vendors on every street corner. I noticed my friends going to Starbucks for the convenience, Dunkin, for the price point, and specialty coffee shops for the quality. But as students, we couldn't afford a $6 cappuccino every day. What we needed was a one-stop shop, a place to get exceptional coffee at an accessible price point, crafted with speed and efficiency. Part of their expansion strategy is partnering with small local retailers who can accommodate their coffee carts or micro-outlets, stating that adding their specialty coffee will elevate those local businesses. They achieve this by providing the infrastructure and software, including sophisticated analytics that small businesses would struggle to otherwise do themselves. The founders facilitated the buying experience through an app that allows customers to order ahead, and some of the cash raised will go into further development. The investment will also fuel a new, powered by Blank Street, wholesale partnership program that helps local vendors sell in new neighborhoods without paying upfront costs. Related to our other article on Colombian coffee this week, is the impact to traders of the country's poor harvest. About 10% of the expected coffee sold in advance to traders has not materialized, leaving traders with the choice of carrying the contracts through another year, or crystallizing their losses now and writing them off on the accounts. Most are choosing the latter. Traders are feeling bearish about the country's ability to make up the production later, about 1 million bags are currently in default for delivery. As prices have risen steeply, peaking around 55% over last year, traders will be forced to fill their contracts at the current price, having already sold it at a lower price, reflecting the terms originally agreed with the farmers. This is fundamentally how futures work. Although there are ways to hedge a future trading position, a default by farmers on delivery negates those strategies, and leaves traders having to buy at the current price on the open market, facing quite severe losses as a result. Some traders estimate their losses will be in the range of $8 million to $10 million, enough to force some into closure. Most of the country's exporters and the rest of the supply chain is also looking at losing money. But the heaviest losses will possibly be borne by the FNC, Colombia's Growers' Federation. In the recent past, farmers have fared better by selling their coffee to traders using futures contracts, which lock in the price. This is because prices had been going down, so the farmers were better off. This year however, that strategy has backfired, catching out farmers, exporters, and traders alike. Roasters involved in direct trade could also be impacted, and are now reconsidering their single-origin Colombian coffees with a view to either blending or replacing them. Denmark-headquartered upcycled coffee startup, Caf Bueno, has been awarded a total of 2.5 million euros grant from the European Commission, including a recent 1.8 million euros cash injection as a blended investment. Typically, these grants are not free money, but the funding is provided in exchange for some equity or loans on favorable terms. The soft finance options are a good compromise for the European Commission that encourages innovation, but hopefully provide some return on their investment. This is not the first time coffee waste has been repurposed, such as UK's Bio Bean Waste Management. The company explains on their website that they don't make products for the consumer, but ingredients for other brands to build products from. Examples of industries they engage with include cosmetic, functional foods and beverages, and nutraceuticals. Nutraceuticals are products that, other than nutrition, are also used as medicine, and although the term along with functional food is more popular today they have existed for years fortified milk with added vitamins is an example of a nutraceutical so calf bueno has positioned itself to provide core ingredients to a fast-growing market segment here's what one of the founders Alejandro Franco co-founder and CCO of calf bueno told cosmetics design Europe the funding means a huge step forward for calf bueno into fulfilling its vision changing the world's perception of coffee, as it enables us to scale up the unlocking of its potential, particularly within cosmetics and nutraceuticals. The company also disclosed they would use the money to build a biorefinery in Denmark, and make commercially scalable products that they have developed which use molecular biology techniques for use in cosmetic and sun care products. Franco continued, Importantly, these actives were all upcycled bio-based and circular, and could therefore help decarbonize end products. In 2019, Mondelez International named it the winner of the award, for the future of snacking, seeds and chips, Global Summit. The year before, the company won the Startup of the Year award from the Danish Chamber of Commerce. Previously, it had been hoped that used coffee grinds could be repurposed as fertilizer for agriculture, and while that does happen, it's still at a small scale, and fully 60-70%
1: of grinds end up in landfill. Uganda's Coffee Development Authority, UCDA, issued a letter last week to stakeholders providing their explanation for why managing director, Dr. Emmanuel Ayemulamainai-Bijera, had left his post. It came to a natural end. This is what the letter from UCDA management stated. Except that there was nothing natural about it. The UCDA was unable to form a board and therefore unable to vote to extend the contract. It sometimes happens that boards are unable to form a quorum, the numbers necessary to pass a vote, but I've not heard of an organization being unable to form a board before. The managers say they are working tirelessly to address the situation. But that tireless effort might better have been deployed a little earlier to ensure the authority which controls the biggest export commodity in the country, could have retained some leadership. Now, the UCDA is rudderless and looks incompetent. If there are politics in play, they should be removed quickly, so the organization can reassert confidence.
0: Go to www.bartalks.net for the full articles. I look forward to seeing you all next week for the latest stories in the world of coffee. And don't forget to check out our other podcasts, including the popular weekly Bean Talk with Nick and Max, interviews, and of course, the Cocoa Newscasts.